A group of North County vigilantes are on a mission to find and publicly shame child predators. They refer to themselves as the creep catchers, and they log on to dating sites and pose as young teens in order to lure out would-be pedophiles. While this may be a more modern version of To Catch a Predator, police warn against taking vigilante action as retaliation is possible. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Terry Figueroa, you're part of the Cops and Courts team at the Union-Tribune, and recently you had a story about these vigilantes that are trying to find sexual predators. When you explain, what is this group? So this is a group of small group of 20-somethings that that run sort of these citizen stings throughout the region. Um, There's maybe three to five members at at any time. And what they do is they have decoy accounts online Mm -hmm. um, and dating sites. And they uh, people will will reach out to them on these dating sites and they will respond, hey, but I'm only 13 or I'm only 14. And that person will then continue to communicate with them and ultimately um they set up a meet time and when the decoy folks are actually these 20 somethings they go and they meet these these people that, that they met on dating sites and uh, they really call them out on camera they videotape the whole thing and mm-hmm. it's a bit of a public shaming so i guess my first question is is this legal to do it seems it kind of sounds like entrapment well folks from from uh, this local group say hey look we we don't we don't make anything suggestive or say anything suggestive these Uh folks that reach out to us are um, the ones making the suggestive statements um i mean i can't speak to whether it's it's entrapment or not that but it's definitely um uh, these these folks put out decoy accounts and then people come and talk to them now they go on to dating websites so people that are on these sites tend to be there to meet folks to date. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Certainly. And uh, when did you first uh, hear about this group and start reporting on it? A couple weeks ago. There was um, a piece in the Cal State San Marcos uh, College newspaper where they talked about an investigation of one of the uh, employees on campus um, who had been caught in one of these citizen things. And that story mentioned this particular group, and so I started kind of researching and, and looking into this and, and was able to, to contact and, and reach out to the, the leader of this group. Um, and he goes by the name of Ghost, mm-hmm. and they are very um, – anonymity, anonymity, he says, is, is a very important part of what they do. They, they try to stay off the radar. Mm-hmm. Makes sense if they're doing this kind of thing. So, um, do you have a sense about how many people that they've kind of publicly shamed? Well, they have more than fifty videos posted online. Um, uh, they have met with more. Not all of them have been yet posted or, or edited. Um, and they've been doing this for roughly a year. It's sort of in that um, the, that uh, Chris Hansen to Catch a Predator. That mm-hmm. show from from NBC in the in the two thousands, um, Ghost, the leader of this local group that calls themselves the CC unit or the Creep Catchers unit in San Diego, um, says that he's a you know a fan of Chris Hansen, and this is not just a local thing. This is a phenomenon that happens across North America. My research showed there was places in in 
you know, on the East Coast in Canada. I even spoke to a professor in um, the UK who studies this phenomenon, and he spoke of groups there that mm-hmm. this is this is a real thing that happens, and it's it's the rise of the internet, and it's it's kind of a weird thing because you know the internet is is how these folks are are reaching out to people that they think are kids. Well, they yeah. don't really think they're kids in the beginning, but in the conversation, the decoy is very clear and says things like, I'm only 13, is that okay? I'm 14, um, I'm still in school, I go to middle school. So mm-hmm. the decoys make it very clear, and then oftentimes these people that, that are chatting with them um, will continue this conversation. And yeah. that's what that's what these, what happens is once there is a confrontation and uh, it's usually in a very public place like a mall or a grocery store. Mm-hmm. So it can um, be, you know. So yes, it, it's definitely in a, in a public area. So then um, these videos get edited um, and you know, there's music added and uh, what they do is they take, the editor of the video, they take the, the chat logs from this conversation that they're saying that they had with this person online and they um, scroll them so that mm-hmm. you can sort of read what they've been doing and then cut to this video of them confronting the person. Mm-hmm. And it's the confrontations are, are uncomfortable. Yeah, I can imagine. So has any of uh, these actions resulted in any prosecutions or arrests or just shaming? It doesn't look like there's... I'm not aware of any local prosecutions in, in um, civilian style. I do mm-hmm. know that at Camp Pendleton, um, at least one Marine who was had encountered this group um, ended up being um, uh, court-martialed and yeah. ultimately convicted. Um, and so there, there was that. Um, there's, there's been other instances where people come into contact with this group and then they, they're under investigation at their work, like the Cal State San Marcos thing. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what's, what's happened with that and, you know, we're we don't know where that stands. They are still in the middle of that investigation when I spoke to those folks last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. As we move into this internet age where, you know, people can easily fake who they are no matter for, in, you know, trying to get someone to say something or this or that, what um bits of advice would you give to people just to kind of, you know, stay safe and make sure your family and friends are safe online? Well, you know, I, I talked to police about this and um one of them said get in if you're a parent get into that teenager's phone get into it go Mm -hmm. look at it um and and one of the things that i found and because i was really surprised that that uh, someone could lure a 13 year old you know even or someone that they think is 13 Mm -hmm. um to meet with them and potentially more and i was talking to police about this and you know they said look this is this is not unusual. Your parents may not get it, but yeah. for teens who grew up on social media, having relationships with, with people online is normal, and they think these are true relationships. So that's not a huge step. But what's interesting about this, that phenomenon is um, online it's strangers that are the ones that, that are, are encountering these kids. In yeah. every day, you know, regular in in child molestations those are often um people that are are known to the child known to the parents they're within the circle of trust but 
these things are, are outside. It's an online stranger yeah. that they're encountering. And I imagine from the parenting perspective, it's different just because stuff has changed so much even in the past three or four years that the availability of communication tools that you really can't use the old strategies of or what you were taught how to keep kids safe because the, the world's changed so much. Oh, that is absolutely true. Um, it is it it is very difficult. But I do say I, I will say again, police police said get into that phone. You mm-hmm. know, if you wanna you wanna watch your, your kid, you you gotta take a look at who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. So and and with this particular group, you know, none of these, these folks have been, you know, several, many of them, most of them, doesn't appear that have been prosecuted. So, you know, we also have to talk about the due process for these folks. They don't mm-hmm. get that. This is just um, really amounts to a public shaming. Yeah, which kind of matches with uh, where the culture kind of is right now in which any perceived wrongdoing or actual wrongdoing gets a kind of a quick attack from online. Yeah, these are... Um, yeah. So in, in these particular things, what happens is these teens go, I'm sorry, the decoy accounts are set up on dating sites. And people reach out to them, mm-hmm. thinking that may, maybe thinking they're adults because you have to be grown to be on these sites. Yeah, and you, you click saying yes. Yeah. And then, the, then once the conversation with this person who's reached out to them starts, then that's when they say, I'm, in a, I'm only a, a 13. And some of them do say some really um, cringe-inducing things. Yeah. The But not all of them. Some of them just talk about wanting to meet and uh, hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I imagine the whole range of uh, human experience is uh, in these conversations. Yeah, but there's, there is, it's definitely a very, very interesting thing. And, and I, I ended up watching several of those videos. And, and like I said, some of the conversations are cringe-inducing, and, and the confrontations can be quite uncomfortable. I imagine law enforcement isn't exactly happy about vigilantes kind of doing their job. What's their answer to this? Well, you know, there are highly specialized units that, that do this. They have, you know, more than 80 hours of training for these things. There's, there's people on task force um, specifically designed to tackle internet crimes against children here in the region. Um, and when I talked to a sheriff lieutenant, he said, look, this is, this is dangerous. This can yeah. be dangerous. And, and, and this is something that not even a law enforcement officer who's just coming out of the academy is trained to do. Mm-hmm. So there was an, an instance in um, Vista recently, and, and we don't know um, very much about that case at all because it's still under investigation and, and folks aren't talking about it. Um, and it does appear, and it's not associated with Ghost's group. Ghost said that mm-hmm. this is not part of his group. Um, it does appear that there were some teen teens who encountered a person online, um, and they believed that that person was trying to lure uh, a teen for sex. And uh-huh. so they set up a meet. And in that meet, one of the teens ended up getting into the car with this person that they were targeting and... Um, uh, driving away, and so the teen ultimately got a message to her friends. Her friends called police, uh, or the sheriff's department and deputies stopped the the vehicle. There's not been any charges that have been brought in this case, but it sort of underscores that this is this can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Certainly. 
All right, Terry Figueroa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. In other news, a lawsuit aims to block an 11-acre office complex near Rancho Penasquitos. The group called Protect Our Preserves filed suit, which argues that the plans need to be approved by a majority of city voters, not just the city council. The area is subject to development restrictions, once called the North City Future Urbanizing Area, as well as some prepositions that limit development. The 420,000-square-foot project called the Preserve at Torrey Highlands would include office buildings as high as five stories surrounding a one-story central meeting space with a restaurant, fitness center, and outdoor amphitheater. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union-Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.